Oh, excuse me. As always, it's so good to be with you. How's it going, church? All right, I like to hear that. That's one of my highlights of my weeks, asking you how you're doing. See, we can, we can feel uplifted and encouraged because of who we are in our faith. And that ties in perfectly well with this Sunday's. This is called Godete Sunday. Um, I like it because only twice a year I get to wear this vestment. It's not pink, it's rose. That's what it's called, not pink. But uh, I like, I, I was telling Laura today and yesterday that those poinsettias match this perfectly, don't they? They, they ought to call these the Godete Sunday poinsettias, you know? Uh, I think they ought to do that. I think that would be a really good thing. Now, interestingly enough, uh, we have Gaudete Sunday and Laudete, Latere Sunday. Latere is during the uh, Lent season, but both, uh, both words mean rejoice. So what's the difference? Well, we as Catholics are good hair splitters, right? And uh, all good Catholics are hair splitters, so uh, we have a reason. Gaudete today is joy inside, internal joy. Latere is joy outside, expressing it outside. Well, here's the exciting thing. If it's on the inside, it's going to come out on the outside, isn't it? I mean, whatever's in here, isn't that what Jesus said? Where, you know, what is in your heart is what's going to come out. And so we get this, we get the heart right. Everything else will work as it should. And uh, it's sort of, you know, as I think about that, the word means rejoice. Cadete means rejoice. It's a Latin word. We also think of it as joy because this being the third Sunday of Advent, that is the emphasis. The emphasis is on joy. And there's a lot of, lot of singing about that. Um, you know what's the most popular song in the United States? All I want for Christmas is you, baby. Now, but Mariah Carey, don't you find it interesting that she's singing about Jesus? Huh? Isn't that great? She's singing about Jesus. All she wants is you, baby. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, another one uh, on a more uh, spiritual level, one that uh, reminds me of, uh, we just had an article this week in the, in the record about it, that the, uh, the number one song that'll be sung in churches in December is the song, Oh Holy Night. Oh, holy night. Now, I didn't know that when I was preparing this homily, but I thought, well, it'd be good, good filler material to add in because uh, I was thinking about that song, too. And, I, uh, you know, as I think about Gaudete Sunday, um, because there's something in there that really speaks to me today that I think really hits home today when I think about the birth of Jesus and the world and the times that we're living in. What did we hear? What do we hear in the song? The weary soul rejoices. All right, the weary soul rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I love that. And undoubtedly, when the writer who was composing this song, surely they were thinking about the, uh, the Old Testament reading that goes like this. Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't you love that? I mean, probably one of the hardest times, at least I, I feel, is when it's the hardest and most difficult it's in the early morning hours when it's still dark, you know, you're tired, 
you know, there, there, there's weeping that goes on. But when that sun breaks out, mm, there's some hope, isn't it? Joy comes in the morning, doesn't it? And that theme has been, uh, that theme has been definitely carried out. Joys come in the morning. Well, what's so joyful? Well, we've already heard about Jesus in, in Mariah's song. Uh, and then we hear that in this song, a weary soul rejoices. Well, what's so happy? A Savior is born. A Savior is born. Now, I'm not talking about uh, Jeff Brom, okay? Now, I know uh, every, People keep telling me they're billing him as the Messiah of the ULVL football team. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a greater Messiah. I'm talking about the Messiah of the world, the Savior of the world, meaning Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, we can gaudete, we can rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And how desperately we need to rejoice today, how we need to uh, have more joy in our lives. And I think it's very interesting, but not surprisingly, that as you study the scriptures, the, the word uh, uh, of Gaudete, what you find is usually right beside it or in a sentence or two is the word weary. Weary. It's always beside the word. And what the scriptures is doing, because the scriptures are very positive, and life-affirming, they're saying, you can rejoice. You don't have to be weary in this world. There's always that uh, connection, always. Uh, you know, what, what was it that Jesus said? Come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Didn't, didn't Jesus say that? Yeah, that's right. But see, there's always that connection that is between that. And so... Uh, what I want us to look at today for a few minutes is how do we overcome weariness in life? Anybody weary here this morning? You know, how do we overcome weariness in life? Well, let's, let's see, since the Bible makes a correlation between rejoicing and weariness, let's see how, how that works and maybe we can apply it in our own lives. It's a common theme. Uh, this connection that we see, this correlation. Actually, if you study, if you look in the scriptures, you'll find that at least 50 times it's mentioned, this sense of weariness and, and turning to God. Weariness is a very interesting word. Uh, I'll, when I think of weary, I think of chronic. It's sort of a long-term, a long-lasting kind of thing. It's not something that's just sort of intermittent, you know. Weariness is just dragging you down. You know, you've been drugged down for quite a while. So, you know, some of the words are more like tired. I'm going around tired all the time. Not maybe physically because you're working yourself to death, but also emotionally. You're, you're mentally exhausted. And uh, we've gotten to the point today in the last few years that we live, uh, we, we basically go from one thing to be weary about to another. I used to, you would say, well... Well, I'm weary, but, uh, you know, things are getting better now. But now what we say is, I'm weary. This one's over with. What's next? You know, what's next? What's, what the, should I expect next? And I, and I think that pretty well describes the world we live in. See if you think so. What's next? Well, I thought when COVID was over, we were going to get a break, you know. Uh, Ukraine war, the war in Ukraine came. 
propped up, didn't it? Uh, the, there's other things like health, or we have floods in eastern Kentucky, or broken relationships, uh, job disappointments. The next one that's on the radar, they're telling us, is recession. That's, you know, that's another one that's coming. Uh, so it's a weary world, but if you study it, guess what? You study it in the scripture, and it's repetitive so many times. The world's always weary. I mean, just more so than other times. The world is weary. Why is the world weary? Because we make it weary. That's why. It's human. It's, you know, I was thinking some of the prayers that you, prayers of the faithful, things like war and poverty and lack of food. What, those are human issues, you know? We cause that. We breathe these things on ourselves. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need a Savior. Because we, we, we tend to heap things and, and make this world weary. Um, and it can really get us down. I think, uh, I like what uh, Isaiah the prophet, you know, he was a great prophet. I like what he had to say in Isaiah 40. He said, even the young will wear out. Now, I'm not young. I wear out fast. Actually, I need a nap every day now. Uh, but it, you know, so weary, me weary, that's, that's pretty, I'm not weary that way, but physically I get tired. But, uh, you know, it says even the young are going to get weary. They'll get weary and they'll get tired. They'll get exhausted. God says, I never go we grow weary. Isn't that good? He says, I never grow weary, right in the same breath. Let me ask you a question. Are you weary? Where are you today? When was the last time that you had a weary, free month? How long has it been? Where you just gone for a month and things have just been peachy, kind of speak, so to speak, you know? No worries, no fear, no exhaustion. Well, I think that really says something about where we are in our world and our society today. So if we cannot anticipate, at least right now, that things are going to get better and things are going to improve, maybe we need to look at things another way. Maybe we need to look at what God has to say about turning our weariness into rejoicing. Would you like to learn a few things about that? Well, I sure do, because that's the, that's the world I live in today. Let me give you a couple of quick ones. Remember this, that God tells us not to be weary. God tells us not to be weary. Why? Because he's not weary. You know, uh, I was thinking about that. My dad, he's tough. I mean, he's a rock, as he was. He's, he's in heaven now, but uh, he was a rock. I saw some tremendous things come his way, but he just, he sort of withstood it. You know, the storms would come, but he, he withstood it. If I ever saw my dad get worried about something, I'd be worried about it. <clears throat> you know, that would make me worried. Um, same thing with God. If, if I saw God get weary about something, I'd be worried about it. Yes, I would. But guess what? He doesn't. And that message is consistent. That's one of the things that's really important about Jesus. This world is inconsistent. It's sporadic. It's up and down. God is consistent. If God is like that, you know, in the time of Isaiah, guess what? He's 700 years later, he's that way in the time of Jesus. And that's what Jesus said. He, 
he said that very thing. And then if you want to fast forward it to at least over 2,000 years, he'll, it'll be that way as well when we go to be with God in heaven. The message is consistent. God doesn't change. And God is not worried. God is not weary by what's going on in this world. And I, you know, hey, who would have more, more uh, right to be weary than God? You know, he's sort of the master of the universe kind of thing. But instead he says, Gadete, rejoice, because a Savior has been born to you. Second thing is to hope in the Lord. Once again, that goes with some of the scriptures that we, that we read today, particularly in the Old Testament. Uh, see, here's a, here's a great lesson. Those who put their hope in the Lord, it's right out of the scriptures. I mean, this is exactly what the scripture, they will never grow weary. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You think God thought we lived in a, in a paradise when he said that? No. People in Israel were going through a tough time right then. But, uh, you know, but God says it's true. It's possible. You don't have to grow weary. Uh, but you might say, but the world's not changing. Yeah, that's true. The world's not it's never going to change. I hate to tell you that. It's not because we're in it. And we, we make some pretty poor decisions and choices. That's, that's going to happen. Uh, but here's what changes. You change. You change. That's a totally different story. Now, when you do that, there's hope for the weary. And that's, that's the beautiful thing. I like some kind of prophet said a long time ago. I don't remember his name, but he says, you know, in, in life, you're going to have trouble. There's two ways to deal with it. He described it as like uh, walking on rough ground. You ever walk barefoot on rough ground? How's that feel? Hurts, doesn't it? Well, he said there's two ways to deal with that. One is to carpet the world so there's no roughness. The other one is to wear shoes. You know, which one do you think you want to do? Well, wearing shoes is the way to go, isn't it? Yeah. See, that's an internal kind of thing. See, that's where you're trusting God. You're still walking over the rough places. But God, God is there and God's with you. What did, what did Isaiah said? He said that when you put your hope in the Lord, he said you will soar on the wings of an eagle. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I go back to my time when I lived in Middlesbrough. See, our claim to fame is, is Cumlin Gap. It's right there. And, uh, you know, that's a real important thing. But the thing that I like to do is to go up to the top of the mountain where you can see Cumlin Gap. You can see the gap where Daniel Boone and millions of others would, uh, would pass through. But the thing that really impressed me was the eagles. When you'd be up there one day looking at the gap, and then you see the eagles in the air. And it's like, man, they're flying above all this stuff. See, that's what we do when we put our faith and our hope and our trust in God. We fly above all this stuff, we're on the wings of an eagle. Because of that, we can rejoice. We are called to joy. 
And finally, one thing is this, and this is very important. It's really fast forward in the future, but one day, this very world's going to end. It's going to end. Why is that? Because we're going to, the way life is lived is going to end. You know, we're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed. Uh, right now, we can learn to live with joy within. But there's coming a day when we live with joy within and joy without. And that's called the heavenly city. That's when we go to be with God. How can we do that? God dekte, rejoice. How do we do it? Jesus. That's why he's here. That's why we're celebrating him. That's why, you know, that's the whole purpose of celebrating the birth of Jesus. He was a good guy. Yeah, he did a lot of good things. That's not why we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating him because he's the savior of the world. And he makes the way for that we can put our faith and our trust in him in this life and in the next. Not a bad deal. What do you think? Gadete rejoice.